I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Hebrews chapter number one. The book of Hebrews chapter number one. We talked about last time, the first four verses make one sentence. And we got through the first part of it, that God speaks. God who at sundry times and diverse manners, he spoke in various ways. And we went through the various ways he spoke uh, in the last times, in the time past, the fathers by the prophets. But he hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. So God speaks, and God speaks to us through the Old Testament in various ways. But in the New Testament, God speaks to his Son, and through the Spirit that God said, I will, when I leave, when Jesus said, I leave, I will send a comforter, the Spirit of God, to come in. And I have to go for him to come. And he shall guide you to all truth, teach you all truth, bring things back to your memory. So we have the Son being spoken of because the Spirit does nothing more than to reveal Jesus. The Spirit of God, if you read everything the Spirit of God does, he's always revealing Jesus. See, Jesus is the one that died for our sins, and Jesus is the one that God puts his focus on, and the Holy Spirit puts his focus on the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the one through which we find salvation. He's the one that paid the price. He's the one that left the glory world, and we will talk about that if we get time in this broadcast. If not, it'll be in the next broadcast because these first four verses are rich with incredible doctrine and we looked at that last time about what how he spoke but now he hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son we see the term here he hath spoken and again that is in the aorist tense and it's used of God speaking by the prophets and now it's used of Christ speaking himself it indicates that God has finished speaking in both cases this is his final word what they say is final There's no higher authority. There's no other place to go. Our Supreme Court is the Word of God that has been given to us through the men who wrote down what the Holy Ghost gave them through what they heard Jesus say. And Jesus had a lot to say. Look at the red letters in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, part of the book of Acts and part of the Revelation. And you will see how much our Lord and Savior had to say. And you think about what he said that didn't get written down. It would just be mind-boggling to be able to bend the disciples and heard the things that he said that never got written down. John said there wouldn't be enough volumes in the world of the books to write down the things that he had said. Half in these last days, there's a term that's used to mean a lot of things. The last days here is indicating the church age, but there's also the last days 
of the end of time. And it depends on the context where we're at in the last days. But I do believe that the church age set off the, big t- the timetable of uh, different realm. The first timetable that set off was when the Gentiles came into rule and power over the Jews. The Assyrians had assimilated the northern tribes and they had been kind of just vanished into this oblivion of the world of the Assyrians. But the tribes of Judah had gone into Babylonian captivity. And it said Jerusalem would be trodden down by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. That kicked off the last days in the sense of Gentile domination till God comes back and sets that right at the end in the very last days. Again, the term is broad. We get to the last days of the church age where we are raptured out and God then takes the vengeance out on the earth. And then eventually he will turn the Jews back to him and they will once again have his laws written in their heart. Old Testament talks about and they will once again call him. If you go to the book of Hosea, he says those who were low Ruamah and low Ami, not my people, not pity to Ruamah and Ami, my people who have found the pity of God. And so what it is, is it pictures the uh, harlot going away from the husband and having her lovers and cheating on him and so God relates that to him saying that's what Israel's done to me they have cheated on me talking about the 10 tribes that got obliterated and assimilated they were taken out because they were cheating on God he said you're not my people but then he turns around and says but I'm going to make it a time when you are my people and by the way in the old testament the only people called my people was Israel it was his called out chosen uh country they they were we're his called out chosen bride and we are the church his called out church which is around the entire world but this was a group of people that was given earthly promises our promises are spiritual so when we take a look at this we see that when we get to the gospels the last days are going to take a leap forward because now a great series of prophecies concerning Jesus Christ is going to be fulfilled. They've already been fulfilled in his birth, but now they're going to be fulfilled in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, setting off the church age in which there would be this great gospel explosion. Now, I will say, uh, if you look at church history, church history will bear out that right after the apostolic period, uh, things really went south. Now, during the, the apostolic period when Jesus left, Paul and the apostles were constantly dealing with the fires of religion. And it started, the persecution started not with Rome. It started with religious leaders. It started with the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. In fact, it's interesting to note that the Gospels, the the number one group of the two, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that you see the most often are the Pharisees. You get to the book of Acts, and it's the Sadducees. And so we are, we're looking at this religious persecution, and it started with uh, the fact that they beat them and told them not to speak in that name because they'd healed this man. They thought they'd gotten rid of Jesus, so they got rid of the leader. Things will fall apart. But the, <laughs> if you remember what Gamaliel said, he said, look, if this is a man, it will fall apart eventually. I mean, if the leader's gone, it'll fall apart. But this is of God, you can't overthrow it. And he was right. You can't overthrow it. This is of God. 
And so they threatened them, and they said, no, they were right back at it. And they came in Acts chapter 4, and did we not straightway command you? And they beat them and let them go, and they were thrilled that they were able to suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake. Then we turn around, and we get to Stephen. And Stephen is stoned, and they lay their clothes at the feet of Saul, who becomes one of the greatest persecutors of the church until God strikes him down in Acts 9 on the road to Damascus. And he's going to take the letters on the Damascus road to shut it all down. And he doesn't care if it's men, women, children. He doesn't care. But God turned him around. The wrath of man will praise him or he'll stop it. And so we see that he hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Now, we're talking about God speaking. When God speaks, we need to listen. God's son spoke. He has every authority because he's God. And I want to look at this because we see in the fact that God sent his son to this earth. The number one thing I want you to look at is his preexistence. First, before God sent him, he preexisted. In the beginning, God created. We've talked about this before. Elohim, plural uh, noun with a singular verb. Elohim bara. God created. This unity of three created the world. All of creation is assigned to the Trinity. And you will find in your Bible, God created, the Holy Spirit created, the Son created. And it's all correct because they're all three in one and one in three. A doctrine of the Trinity that in our man-made minds cannot comprehend the totality of it. Someone once said, it's like taking a pair of railroad tracks and saying, what I can understand about the Trinity and what God knows because he did it are parallel tracks and I can't think like he thinks but as those tracks get further and further away they seem to come closer and closer together till finally they touch in heaven we'll understand it all in heaven we'll have the divine ability to understand that we do not have this side but he pre-existed he was in the beginning with God in fact in John chapter 8 there is a great discourse. We don't have time to go through all of it, but let me just give you a little bit of it. Jesus said, it is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. They said unto him, where is thy father? Jesus answered, ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. And then he goes on and talks about some more things, and then he says uh, to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, ye shall know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. I do always those things that please him. Now, they're trying to figure out who he is talking about his father. And he is talking about God is his father. And so they come on to the place and, and they talked about Abraham. And Jesus says, I speak that which I've seen with my father and you do that which you have seen with your father. And it's interesting because the, it's a capital F when he says with my father. And when he says, well, you have seen with your father, it's not a capital F. 
they said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. They say unto him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? Then watch the sting. Oh, my goodness. The, I mean, this is beyond a sting. Ye are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he's a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Which of you convinces me of sin? Who's convicting me? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not because ye are not of God. And then he goes on further down in there, and they say to him, uh, you are not yet 50 years old. How is it that you can say before Abraham, you know, was I am? He said, uh, that's, that's who I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Before there ever was an Abraham, I have always been. I'm the I am. I'm the eternal present. And they understood perfectly well what he said because they picked up stones to stoning. And he went out of their way. Do you see? Jesus spoke. He had the, re the power to speak because of his preexistence. But he had the position to speak because of his incarnation. The incarnation is the making God into the manhood a body. And we want to remind you, he was 100% God. At the same time, he's 100% man. He never gave up any attributes. He never gave up being God. He's not 50-50. He's 100% God and 100% man. And he had no sin nature. And he had God nature. And he had 100% God, which was more powerful than anything in the world. That's why he said, I have power to lay this physical body down. And I have power to pick it back up. We see a lot of things about the incarnation when we take a look again at the birth of Jesus. and It's quoted from the Old Testament where it says the same thing. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And in this verse, it interprets it for you. You don't have to go look up the word Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. In other words, God came down to man through his son, because God the Father and God the Son, they're God, so that man could be able to connect with God. Paul Harvey does the thing about the birds. He tells the story about the man who didn't go to church, didn't like to go to church. His wife went to church at Christmas, and here's this bird that flies into his window and goes down to the ground. And he knows that the bird's going to freeze, and he knows that these birds are not going to make it, so he's trying to communicate with them. And he just can't communicate with them. And he puts a trail of food, but they don't follow it. And he's trying to get them into a warm barn. And he has this thought, if only I could become a bird where I could talk to them on their language and say, hey, 
you're in danger, but I've got a path of safety here. You can trust me. I look strange to you, and I'm tall and big and different, and you, you have a natural fear of me. Hey, listen, we have a natural fear of God if we're right with God, and we know that God exists, but, hey, he sent Jesus so he could then become the next step after the incarnation, which is the mediator. There is one man and one uh, there's one God and one man between Christ Jesus. That as the man, I, I'm just not getting that verse right, am I? <laughs> Let's try that again. Let's see here. The Bible talks about it in the book of Timothy. There is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. It came back to me. There is one mediator, one, one that puts his hand in God's and puts his hand in ours, and through the blood of his cross and what he did for us at Calvary brings us together with God. He is the incarnation. He is the messenger. Take a listen to this. And John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. It was preexistent. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. The word was is a very unique word. And it, it translates the word in, which means the I am right now. So when it says in the beginning was the I am the eternal present one, and the Word was with God. I am eternally with God, and the Word was God, the eternal I am God, okay? The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. There is the creation. He was made, and we're going to come back to that in, the, in one of the things that we're talking about in Hebrews chapter 1 of who He is. He spoke. He is the incarnate one. He came down so he could speak in our language, in our life, and we could read his words and understand them. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. It couldn't grasp it. It couldn't hold on to it. But there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own. This is sad, the Jews. And his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. He came to his own, and the majority of them rejected him. But there were some that came to him. And as many as came to him, they were saved by what he was fixing to go do. But it says here that the world knew him not and that the, came to his own, they received him not, but the ones that did, he gave them the power, the authority, exousia, the authority of power to become the sons of God. Now listen to this comma, and here you and I are. Even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Listen carefully. The incarnation. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, meaning he's in front of, he's first he was before me, and of his fullness have we received, and grace for grace. And this is the record, verse 19 says. that. Uh, well, let's jump up here to verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. 
the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So we see him. And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? He answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? That we may give an answer to him as sent us. What sayest of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as saith the prophet Isaiah. And then they were going to go their way and see. But the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, the Lamb, the Lamb, the one God said, I will provide myself the Lamb, which taketh away, a new concept, the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. You see, he is incarnate. He brings the message. He's the mediator. And he's able to do all that because of the cross. We see the superior proclamation. The superior proclamation is that Jesus Christ is who he is. And because he is God in the flesh, he was able to come and take our punishment and our place, which we're going to talk about in the next broadcast. And we have seen that he had a message of hope, a message of now not pushing sins forward, but a message of sins that can be forgiven, remitted, and removed, separated as far as the east is from the west. So you folks, listen carefully. Listen carefully. When Jesus Christ came to this earth, those that looked at him, and when we look at him through the eyes of faith and read his words here on this earth as a man speaking to men, when we look at Jesus, we are looking at God. We are looking at God the Father. My Bible makes it very clear that Jesus thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but took upon him no reputation, but took on him the form, the form of a servant, and become fashioned as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. On the cross, he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You see, the whole time when we looked at Jesus, when they looked at him on the cross, they were watching God die for them. They were watching a part of the Godhead that was there to take their sin that they were committing right at that very moment and had committed and would commit, and they took it, and they were looking in the face of God, and they missed it. There have been many, many religions that claim to be the way to God. There have been many, many people who claim to be God. There have been people who claim that they walked on water. than people who say, follow me. I have the, the keys to the kingdom. I'm better than anybody else. I'm above everybody else. I'm like God. But I'm telling you, they promote all kinds of gods that are dead. And the founders are gone, and the founders are dead. But we looked at Jesus. We looked at God. He went to that grave, and he had the power to pick himself back up. And he came and showed himself alive after his passion, after many infallible proofs, many infallible, unquestionable. Un, uh, infallible nothing that they could put a finger and say no 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 there's a hole in that theory it wasn't there 
and he showed himself to people, 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 then groups of people. And then he showed himself to around 500 brethren. And when he wrote that in 1 Corinthians, he said, the greater part of this 500 are alive today and can still testify. And how good did that testimony go? How many people saw it? How far did the ripple down effect go? It went all the way to the year that this broadcast is in, 2021. And still we have the resurrection of Jesus Christ being attested to in this broadcast and in many pulpits around the world. Thank God when we were looking at Jesus, we were looking at God. And yet Jesus came and he did all kinds of things to show that he was God. He came and did miracles. He stopped all kinds of things from happening. He stopped the beer with the funeral procession and raised up the son and gave him back to the mother. He called forth his friend Lazarus out of the tomb. He opened the eyes of the blind. He healed the sick, the leprosies. He did all kinds of things that were things that no man had ever done because he was proving that he was God in the flesh and had a message for them to listen to. And the message is that they are in trouble. They need Savior. They need these things. John said, but these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. John 1.18, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Jesus prayed in his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, Lord, that they may all be one. Well, what was he talking about there? He said, I'm not just praying for this group that I have here. Neither I pray for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their word. As their word progresses and goes down through time, it came to me. He said, I'm praying for all those people down the road. That's me and you that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Thank God for who he is. And that's his incredible superior proclamation. Next time, we're going to look at his superior person. And look at this same four verses and add to the, the, the sections that we have missed, the clauses. And each one of these clauses gives a particular thing about the exaltation and the wonder and the awe of Jesus Christ, our personal Savior. I am glad that he and his Father are one, that he came down as God. They didn't like it. They never did like it. Jesus said in John 10, 30 to 33, I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stoning. Jesus answered them, many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of these works do you stone me? The Jews answered him saying, for good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, because thou being a man, makest thyself God. But I'll leave you with this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who, being in the form of God, thought it robbery to be equal with God. Father, help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton praying you have an absolutely 
awesome week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. Precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word. You have been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.